ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Raiders only have three up by the line of scrimmage. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. Breaks out of a tackle at the 50. Has the 45. Breaks away from another tackle. Pitches it backwards. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. And a step forward. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. And scores. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. In the epic words of Bill King. Holy Toledo! Hey, listen, listen. Uh, welcome to Brother from Another. They may have said Holy Toledo on the Raiders broadcast. I guess on every broadcast, there was a very sanitized version of, of what people were thinking, what people were feeling. But Holy Toledo is low down on the list, especially if you're in New England. Hey, welcome to Brother from Another. We appreciate you no matter how you're consuming the show. We really do. Uh, whether you're watching on Peacock TV, whether you're listening on Sirius XM, Channel 85, uh, watching on YouTube, listening to your favorite podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, we love when you check for us. And so we will try to deliver for you today. Got a fun show coming up, but I, I wanted to start there for a couple of reasons. Uh, and, and let's put that feed item up. Feed item I have, I, I got to say I'm proud of this. I got to tell you, look, Look, I take you behind the curtain on why I called the feed item what I did. The Patriots post dynasty program parts one and two. Can I tell you? Can I? Can I confess a um, little trivial thing here? Uh, I put parts one and two because I was listening. I spent the whole weekend listening to the Isley Brothers <laughs> and all their songs about parts one and two. Footsteps in the dark, parts one and two. Fight the power, parts one and two. That lady, parts one and two. I was like, hey, I gotta put parts one and two in a feed item, even if it doesn't make sense. But in this case, it does make sense because not only parts one and two for the Patriots dynasty post dynasty. It's probably I could go 25 30 parts on it. it. There's a lot to consider and I think it's interesting and this conversation has to be had. It's interesting that the New England Patriots are responsible for one of the dumbest plays in the history of football. <laughs> now that would be like, I don't know where you went to high school. Uh, but that would be like your valedictorian the valedictorian from your high school doing the dumbest stuff you've ever you've ever heard of like if somebody says you know you won't believe some of this st- something just went down the other day it was so stupid and it was so and so now you all everybody got a picture in your head of who that would be from your high school somebody if something dumb happens you say oh I know who did that but the Patriots have never been that the Patriots haven't been that team for a generation. So it is it is really significant that they, this team, the straight A student, the smart kids, we know more than you do. We prepared for it before you even thought of it. That team, the team that has specials, do your job, part one, two, and three, to keep the Isley Brothers theme going, would have a stupid play. And I just wanted to, uh, it's really... 
speak on what it's supposed to be once you go through a dynasty. What, what's supposed to happen on the other side of that? And I think that's what the Patriots are experiencing right now. And you have a variety of opinions. If you're in New England, like I am, you hear people saying things like, hey, it's time for Bill Belichick to go. He's just holding on. He's not the same without Tom Brady. They need a fresh start. I mean, th- th- this, is, this is talk we haven't heard in New England since Bill Belichick took the job in January of 2000. So we're almost talking about 23 years ago, uh, on the verge of 23 years ago. I want to give you a couple of things here just so we can put this whole conversation in context to so to, to know where we were and understand where we are now with the Patriots. At one point, the Patriots had a streak going a division title streak of 17 division titles in 19 years, 17 division titles in 19 years in the two years. Check this. In the two years that they didn't win the division, they tied for it. <laughs> so one year, 2002, they don't win it. They're, they're nine and seven. And the division winner was the Jets. They were nine and seven. Another year, 2008, they don't win it. They were 11 and five. And the division winner, Miami, was 11 and five. This is a team, an organization that has been so confident, some say arrogant, that when they finished a regular season, a regular season, first time in NFL history, somebody went 16-0 and in the regular season. They had a banner up, 16-0 and regular season. Then they took it down. They took down the banner because they were embarrassed that that 16-0, and that the postscript came with a loss in the Super Bowl to the Giants. So they were too above hanging a 16-0 and banner in their stadium, the only team in football that could say something like that. And I'll tell you, I'll make it personal. Here's a, here's a personal story. So um, I got three kids. We have three kids. I didn't, I didn't deliver them. <laughs> I was there. I didn't deliver them. Uh, but we have three kids. And so the middle one, was born in 2010. That means every year of his life, the Patriots were in the divisional playoffs or conference championship game for the first eight years of his life. First eight years of his life, it was divisional playoffs or conference championship game. It got to the point, I remember he was like five or six years old, and he said to me, uh, in in September, this is like first day of school, we're driving to school, and he says, uh, hey, hey, daddy, are you going to the Super Bowl again this year? I said, well, you know, son, it, it depends on uh, the Patriots go. You know, this is not, you know, not guaranteed that they go to the Super Bowl. And she said, oh, yes, it is guaranteed. Yes, it is. It's guaranteed because that's all he knew. As a matter of fact, he was a part of a NBC Sports Boston did this little video with eight and nine-year-olds. So this is when he was eight and they had been in eight straight conference championship games. So the whole bit was these eight year olds. That's all they know. Patriots in the conference championship and a nine year old says, oh, y'all spoil. It wasn't always like this. So I, I, I just want to set that context for you to see where we are now. They're seven and seven. They have a bottom 10 offense. People are talking about Belichick maybe past his time on the job. What do we do with this? Are they really are they really a bad organization or is it just relative to what they were? 
I would suggest uh, Shalise Manza Young, who's a perfect one to talk about this because she knows uh, she covered the Patriots. Uh, she has uh, been in this area, so she knows where I'm coming from. I would suggest, uh, Shalise, that this is just what normal life is for most NFL teams. You know, you, you go into every Sunday and you have no idea what's going to happen. Your team could play great, your team could suck. Uh, you're fighting for a playoff spot. You're in the playoff mix. You're on the outside looking in. You're a lot of hand wringing, hoping that your team can do it on this Sunday. I like. How do you assess where the Patriots are now when the dynasty is clearly over and they've got uh, a new frontier to explore? Yeah, it's like you said. They've certainly come down to NFL Earth. Anyway, um, I know you weren't born in this area, but I've lived in Massachusetts and Rhode Island my entire life. And I distinctly remember being eight years old and going to my uncle Dennis's house with my family and, and their friends and watching Super Bowl 20 because it was such a big deal that the Patriots squished the fish uh, in the playoffs a couple weeks before and they made it to the Super Bowl. They were destroyed promptly by the Chicago Bears, but that they scored was first, like the high watermark. They scored first. What's that? They scored first. They, in that score game. First. they scored first in that game, though. They scored first, and it was all downhill. It was from a field there. goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was all downhill from there. But that was, you know, that was the high watermark of this franchise until Tom Brady takes over, and then it just becomes this, you know, as you said, your middle child. And there are, you know, people even like kids in college who were born here who don't know anything but the Patriots being successful and they don't understand that this is how it's supposed to be. Um, it's, it's just, I, I saw you play the highlight of the mistake. Um, I, I, I'm flabbergasted. Like the, the lack, it's not even that it was a bad play. It was the lack of situational awareness from a Bill Belichick <laughs> team. That is absolutely stunning. Like, how did you not just go down and play for overtime? I don't, it's that. It's the, you know, you were around enough. I covered enough games. We were always waiting for the other team to make the stupid mistake. And they inevitably did because they just weren't as disciplined as the Patriots. Right. Bill Belichick, That's all right. we ever heard about was they would practice for every possible scenario because there was a Ooh, one in 500 chance the throw. that this thing may happen. It was awful. It's just, I mean, the throw. it's the lack of I mean, situational awareness that is just beyond any, I can't believe that that's where we are with the Patriots team. Okay, so th that's the question because we, we know, and I said this to Michael Smith yesterday, Bill Belichick, there he is, always thinks of himself as a teacher, first and foremost, I'm a teacher. You know, I teach these guys, this is what I do. So when the teacher is not getting through, and I'm talking to a teacher right now, okay? If the teacher is not getting through to the class and you've always gotten through, You've always gotten through no matter what you didn't always win the Super Bowl, but you've always gotten through to them. But now this year in particular, you're not maximizing the talent on your roster. So what should happen? Do you blame the students or do you say, hmm, maybe I lost my mojo and, and you know, for, for Bill Belichick, which one is it in your opinion? I think if we look at him as the teacher, but also as the principal, you know, it's been a while since I've covered the Patriots on a regular basis, but I had people you know, emailing me six, seven, eight years ago saying Bill Belichick, the GM should be replaced. 
they wanted to keep Bill Belichick the coach. And I couldn't disagree with that. You know, I think we can go back over the years, the draft picks and, and those sorts of things. But now his staff, like for a man who all, it's all about what's best for the team, everybody has to earn it. Your two sons and your fail sons, your staff is your two biological sons and many of your fail right. sons. And they're all, right. and the fail sons are cast in such, in places they've never been cast in before. I just, uh, he's 70, what, 71 now? 70, 71? 70. It could 70, be. Straight yeah, up 70. It could. He used to say, oh, I can't imagine being Marv Levy and coaching, you know, beyond 70. And here we are. And maybe it has. Maybe, like, you just can't insulate yourself with the same people over and over like i'm even seeing now people are like oh we should bring back bill o'brien really there's nobody new that you could bring in to maybe teach a new way we're gonna bring back somebody who's already been there and failed at multiple other places and bring him back and then you're also hurting mac jones if you do believe in him because any new offensive coordinator that you bring in is potentially a third different way of doing things. And that's just not a recipe for success for a young quarterback. So it's the whole thing. It's really, you know, I, I don't know that Robert Kraft would ever fire him, but I mean, it it just seems like it's time for, for a fresh start. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, Shalise, now we are we are heard uh, all over this great land. So chances are somebody listening to us is in a place where they say good. Good. <laughs> I'm glad the Patriots are struggling because you know I started to sing a while ago uh, props to Dave Chappelle. We'll talk about him later, but Chappelle uh, had the uh, players haters ball, right? And so uh, I, I had the Patriots haters ball and I, I remember talking to Jerome Bettis about it. I said, if we were to have the Patriots haters ball, what facility could we hold it? And Betta said, you need some prairie lands. He said, we just need vast, we we need space. He said, we don't, you ain't got enough space for for what the the kind of animus uh, we have for the Patriots. So they got a lot, they've had a lot of enemies over the years. They held down, it was like a, a, it was, it was not a sports dynasty. It's like a political dynasty. They just they just reigned. They, they occupied the NFL for a generation, and they had their scandals. They had mm-hmm. their triumphs, and people just got sick of them. So I'm guessing. I don't know what what you hear from people. Uh, I'm guessing that most of the people listening to us are happy that this is happening to the Patriots, and have and they were just they were ecstatic that the Patriots lost in that fashion to the Raiders. I am sure. I mean, I know, I, I think I saw Amy Trask, who used to be president of the Raiders and was president of the Raiders for the that snow game and the tuck rule game. You know, she she was pretty, I saw a little bit of shout and fried from her on, on Twitter uh, <laughs> Sunday night, Monday morning. And, you know, I totally understand it. You know, the the people who, as you said, because of Belichick, who, you know, is as publicly, you know, he's just so prickly. Uh, his his public persona is so prickly. They had Deflategate. They had, and that's on a good day. And they had Deflategate right. and Spygate and then the winning. And 
you know, I, I, I get it. I completely understand if, if I'm a fan of another team, um, especially a team that, you know, lost to them along the way that you you're loving seeing this collapse, you know, especially again, the jets, how many problems have the jets had over the years? The bills are finally, you know, ascending after 25 years of, of being in the doldrums of the NFL. And it's, when you look at the roster, when you look at the coaching staff, unless there's wholesale changes, you're not even sure how it's going to, it just doesn't seem like there's a quick fix. It's not like they're one or two players away and next year they're, you know, they're back, you know, you know, fourth, fifth and, seed or whatever the case may be. And, and what's my next to last question for you? I don't feel like it should be a quick fix. I, I, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm just looking at it all wrong. I'm looking at it all wrong. I feel like, okay. You you grew up here. You grew up you grew up in in the in the New England area, so you remember the aluminum seats at Old Foxborough Stadium. <laughs> you remember the bad you remember the bad teams and the scandals that they had the other way. They had scandals with Lisa Olson. They didn't they didn't mm-hmm. want a woman in the locker room and they were harassing and there's all kinds of nastiness and craziness with the Patriots. So then you see them become this model franchise at least on the field, and they give you six championships. In a 20 year span. Okay, I feel like, all right, I, I got my championships. So it's okay if you let it slide down a bit to rebuild what like what's wrong with what's wrong with a two year, not five years. Nobody gets five years now. I know. But what's mm-hmm. wrong with the two year rebuild for the Patriots it doesn't have to be. Hey, oh, next year we we'll get right back in there. And we're 13 and four. There is nothing right. I just fans have to recognize that, you know, as you said, they're a normal NFL team. Now they're it just what they did for that stretch with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I don't know that it could ever be duplicated. I mean, of current quarterbacks and current teams, Patrick Mahomes and and Andy Reid, probably could come close possibly, but that's so much pressure and so ridiculous to be like, Oh, oh yeah. go win six championships in 15 years. It's like they re- they crazy. set the bar so high, but now it's, it's, it's time. And, and it's, you know, you've been around, I've been around. It seems crazy to say it's time to move on from Bill Belichick, but it might be time to move on from Bill Belichick. It just, just start fresh, put it, put new blood in, you know, I coach um, track and field, and after a long workout, I'll tell my kids to lay up and, you know, lay on the floor and put their feet up against the wall and put, you know, when they stand up again, it puts fresh blood in their legs. Might just be time for something like that with the Patriots. Just put some fresh blood in there um, and start start new. You know what I would say to you uh, for that? I'd say, Coach, I like the lay on the floor part. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay on the floor now. Getting back, getting back with running. I don't like the running part, but I do. I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay here for. Can I stay here for like 35 minutes, 40 minutes, right here? Just take just a little nap. Because uh, yeah. running, running is is not a strength of mine. All right. So final question for you, and it has been out there, and I, I just wonder how I, I'm I'm working through how I feel about it. I'm wondering if it's ageism or not. So I hear, I hear a lot of people talking about uh, Belichick's age came up here. So Belichick is the second oldest coach in football. Pete Carroll's the oldest by months. Mm-hmm. So I think Carroll may be 71 or almost 71. Belichick 70, be 71 in April. Is this, is it ageism 
to say it's time for him to move on just because of his birth certificate because I, I, I look at it this way and, and maybe maybe because I'm not 25 anymore. So now I'm a little I'm a little more sensitive to this than I was like 15 <laughs> years ago. Like if I'm 25, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Get him out of here. Like, you know, not 70s out of 50s old when you're 25 40s old when you're 25 and then you say, oh, wait a minute. That's so young. Um, I just know that. Okay, maybe at 70. He's a senior coach in the league. But what I know is that you should know how to work better and smarter with age. You, sh you should have more wisdom and you should have fewer insecurities because let's be honest, uh, Shalice, some people back in the uh, pre pandemic days when people were in the office, everybody in the office wasn't working. They were in there because <laughs> they're supposed to be there and you don't want to leave mm -hmm. before the boss and all that BS that people go through. So you should be past that and you should know how to work better and smarter at 70. Is it time to go just because of performance or are we saying it's time to go because there's a seven uh, his number starts with a seven. I, I, it's not it's not the age. It, it's not. It's not strictly his age. Let's put it that way. I think that more than any he's he just seems like he's wrapped himself in in a cocoon of comfort. Like who's pushing back on him on that staff? Who's putting mm. his sons are going to push back on him and tell him he's wrong? Matt Patricia, who you gave a bone and gave another job after he was terrible in Detroit. Joe Judge, you, they're going to tell you you're wrong. Who's yeah, who is pushing right. back? Nick Casario's gone now in the front office. I just don't. He think wasn't pushing. Anybody... He, he wasn't pushing back either. <laughs> right. So I just don't think there's there's anybody in there that this man who for so many Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays of my life, you know, it stood at a lectern and said, it's all about the team and, and you got to make tough decisions. Sometimes I just, who's pushing back on him. You know, yeah, we've, you've probably point. spoken to people for books that he used to welcome being challenged and he was always open to different positions. Who's doing that now? I just don't, yeah. I, you know, even, Gerard Mayo and Troy Brown played for him. I just don't know who is going to pound their fist on the table and be like, this is ridiculous. What are we doing? And that it's going to be welcomed and embraced and we'll see actual change. I just don't know who is going to do that. Like everybody in that room owes their career or their life in the case of his two sons to Bill Belichick. <laughs> like I just don't, That's right. I just don't see it's, it's not strictly the age. I think he just somewhat amazingly to me has gotten to a point. He it's just too safe. It's too comfortable. And mm, it's a great point. You have to be it uncomfortable. Really is, it is a great point. And, and you know, maybe he welcomed that challenge before he got to six as mm. a head, six titles as a head coach, six Super Bowls. Like, okay, just think about our profession. Think about the Pulitzer. Are you in one Pulitzer? You're humbled. You win two. Okay, it feels pretty good. That, and listen, Shalise, if I win six Pulitzers, I, I'm not taking your calls. I'm sorry, it's not personal. I'm not taking your calls. <laughs> you better go through my assistant. I mean, who go challenge me on journalism? I got six Pulitzer right, prizes. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like after a while, you just start smelling yourself. You feel like, hey, uh, 
if I am challenged, they don't know what they're talking about. Why would they challenge mm-hmm. me anyway? How disrespectful. Right. But anyway, I mean, it's always it's always great talking with you, Shalise. Appreciate the insight. And as I always say, you're welcome here anytime. Come hang out with us. When Michael Smith, one day when Michael Smith decides to come to work, all three of us will have a conversation. (laughs) Happy holidays, Michael. Happy holidays to you and yours too. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What was your evaluation of Zach Robert after watching the film? Um, Thought he had a really nice first half. Um came out we started a little bit slow in the third quarter really pumped for him though because in the past when he's he's kind of hit a speed bump in a game uh it kind of derails but I thought he did a really good job of of getting back on the rails and swinging back up in the fourth quarter to to lead a touchdown drive the frustrating thing is that you know the, this kid's going to be a good quarterback um they're the the NFL and this this new instant coffee world that we're in just does not want to give people time and uh and so we look at him and he is just nitpicked with it uh, and just with a fine tooth comb, everything that he does. And, uh, and it's, it's rightfully so. I mean, it is what it is, but uh, um, you know, he did a lot of really good things. And and so we're going to try our best to focus on the things that he did good and uh, make sure that we, we, we kind of bring that to life and, and we'll continue to work on the things that he needs to improve on. But, you know, like I said, he came on the second half, uh, I think we all agree he was missing on some throws. He was missing on some reads, but for him to kind of get himself back on track, I thought that was really good by him and a big step in a, in a direction that uh, he'd been struggling with in the past. And it just showed uh, shows at least some maturation from, in my mind, with regards to mental fortitude in terms of getting back on track and, and finding a way to finish a game strong. Mike Jones, I, I, I'm, at, I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words, Mike. First of all, good to see you, brother. Always. Uh, Mike Jones from Athletic does a wonderful job. Wonderful job. Now, I tell you who did not do a wonderful job. That's Robert Sala in that press conference. Mike, he, as my grandmother said, he fixed his lips to say, he fixed his lips to say that, you know, we're in this instant coffee age where you know we want it all to happen so fast and we lack patience we who we who we mean we hey, well, Mike wasn't he, it Robert Sala who took the job he took I mean he he been Zach Wilson so like what's he talking about well you did it he meant he meant maybe he meant we because we the Jets are the ones who decided that um, it's right. time to bench this kid and play to win right now, even though we invested the number two overall pick in this kid. Um, I was very much like, wait, just like Hold you, right. because, you know, it's like um, <laughs> you weren't saying this a couple weeks ago when you pulled the plug on this guy. Um, you weren't saying this when you saw that he needed more seasoning and was not ready to be a starter um, and maybe should have had another veteran, you know, playing ahead of him. Um, And then now all of a sudden it's being nitpicked and things like that. Dude, you created this environment. 
you created this monster and your locker room's part of it too embracing mike white and you know cheering and everything like the win now expectation was inside your whole organization so you guys were not realistic with yourself don't don't lump us in on that yeah the media asked questions yeah. and things like that but you decided to play him and you decided to bench him so um you know don't try to put it on us yeah exactly and i, I love the instant coffee line i said yesterday robert sala you are mr coffee i mean you're the right. one <laughs> yeah you, you are the you are the ringleader of this whole thing uh you and, and general manager Joe Douglas now and I, I like the Jets and I like their young core I, 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 I want futures I got futures bets on the Jets Jaguars and Lions I, I love all those teams but I will say that I think the Jets are going to pay the price for they're the one team that that went away from their young quarterback those top five quarterbacks in the NFL uh, of the uh, 21 draft the Niners didn't go away from Trey Lance Trey Lance got hurt they went with him maybe even too soon, but they gave him the reins. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously number one pick. They didn't go away from Trevor Lawrence. The Bears with Justin Fields for a while. I was wondering, can Justin Fields throw the ball? I mean, he was looking bad. They stayed with him, and the Patriots through thick and thin. Mac Jones, he got hurt. But once right. he got back, Bailey Zappi to the bench. Here's Mac. Are, are the Jets either this year or down the road? Do you think they may have to move on from Zach because uh, that that breach, that trust has been broken? Well, I think that we're not at the point of irreparable damage right now. But I do think that, okay, the first time that Zach starts to struggle, really struggle, he's going to be looking over his shoulder because he knows that they're not fully fully committed they're invested but there's some because they went away from them and that's what i didn't understand is that okay they had some big wins with him he did some good things against buffalo when they pulled off that uh surprise win there and yes i know it's an up and down but you've got a young quarterback and you've got young pieces and they acted like they had a veteran roster that's ready to win the super bowl right now and that Mike White was the missing piece right there. Um, I I thought it was a mistake to go away from Zach Wilson. Look, I, and I mean, how many games did they win since benching um, him? You know, um, I, I just, I do think that the confidence factor, now say Zach plays really well this coming week and he plays well again and he finishes the season off on a strong note, then hey, that's good. But there's going to be, once Mike White's healthy and they have a decision to make, there's going to be questions and you just don't know what that'll do to his his mental state. And he's got to be strong. He's got to come out, keep slinging, keep working and everything like that. But it was like they created something unnecessarily because they almost didn't have a realistic view of themselves and kind of caved to some pressure. Um, you Absolutely. know, I guess maybe he was afraid of losing the locker room, but just be like, hey, this is our guy. When you have a perfect game, um, then talk to me. But we've got to go through this to get where we want to be. This is our guy. All right, now let's talk about uh, another organization that stuck with its quarterback and is paying the price uh, or, or, or reaping the benefits of it, even though that quarterback is hurt. No pun intended. Uh, we're talking about Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. I still think he's going to be the MVP. Uh, he's done enough. He's put enough on tape. Even if he misses a game, I think he's going to be the MVP of the league. Uh, how do you see this game if you don't have Hurts? 
and you're playing yeah. the Cowboys uh, on uh, Christmas Eve, how do you see this game playing out without Hurts? Well, the good thing is that Gardner Minshew will sling the ball around. The good thing is they've got a dynamic wide receiver tandem with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They've got a good running game. They've got the best offensive line in football. They've got a fantastic defense. I think it's like six guys with six sacks or more um, along that defensive front. Fantastic secondary. Gardner Minshew should be okay um, in this spot here. And I feel like if Gardner Minshew plays okay and they win against Dallas, that almost hurts Jalen Hurts in the MVP runnings just a little bit. Because you think so? Look what he's got. Look what he's got to work with. And then look at Patrick Mahomes, who lost Tyreek Hill, who doesn't have a great defense, who has no margin for error in what he's been able to do there. So I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts won't win the MVP. But I've got Mahomes by a smidgen ahead of him because he does not have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and, um, you know, all that that quality line and defense to work with. But then again, if Gardner Minshew goes out there, slings it around, they win um, a big divisional game, then you're kind of like, oh, you know, Jalen Hurts has done great. Yes, the rushing touchdown record for a quarterback is right there within reach. He's got 13. Cam Newton had 14. Um, but again, He's got a lot of great talent around him. Yes, he has worked hard to elevate his game, but it's not like he's working with nothing. Like Lamar Jackson, as we've seen in years past, had to put that team on his back. Jalen Hurts is doing great stuff, but he has not got a skeleton staff that he's working with as, you know, maybe, you know, no, the Ravens have no, been or no, not like no. not like the the, the 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 wide receiver tandem of Kansas City right now. I mean, come on. You got Juju Smith-Schuster, you got Valdi Scantling, you know, you've got everybody's getting hurt here and there, and Mahomes keeps them afloat. They don't have any number one wide receivers out there. Outside of Travis Kelsey, there's not a number one that he's throwing to, and their offense keeps on humming. Michael Muhammad Jones. What are you talking I don't even know huh? if that's your middle name. I'm just saying that. <laughs> oh, Mike Jones. <laughs> what are you talking about? Listen, I think any MVP candidate, Mike, any MVP candidate, has a lot around him. I mean, this is not this is not the NBA. We got one guy carrying like a hey. like a mediocre roster. Who's got a mediocre roster? Not Kansas City, not Dallas. Hey, but look, take Patrick Mahomes off of that team and where are the Chiefs? Yeah. Okay. Well, the Chiefs take Josh eight, Allen. Eight. The Chiefs have won seven eight. straight division titles. So right. they they got a lot yeah. more than Patrick Mahomes. Hey. They got a lot more than Mahomes. Hey. Take Josh Allen off of that team, and where's Buffalo? Okay, that's different. Okay, <laughs> but no. Take Jalen Hurts hey, off of that. No, no. Take Jalen Hurts off of his team, and what does Philadelphia have? They're they're not the number one seed. You think they'd be the number one well, seed without Jalen Hurts? Maybe not. Number one. But I think that they might be okay with Gardner Minshew. The guy okay, can do a I lot. Think a lot of teams. But do. again, but that's look, a, that's if you look, look at the conversation. But I'm saying, if you're talking about, if you take these guys away, the Chiefs are not very good. The Bills what, are so not are very they, good. They're not. So not making the playoffs. If, if you have Josh Allen, if you go to the backup, Josh Allen to backup, Mahomes to backup, right. Hurts to backup. The Eagles make the playoffs, and the other two are what six and eleven. They they might be. They're they're just sniffing oh. around. They're sniffing around. Come on, man. Like, seriously, who's the backup in Buffalo that you feel great about? Case Keenum? 
Is he going to make them a, a playoff team when they can't run the football? He's not going to pull off those 62-yard angry runs that Josh Allen does. Yeah, I mean, that's right, man. That four, you know, how about that 44 I mean, who is, Right. Who's the backup to, to Mahomes? I mean, he's not going to do the stuff that he does, but you have a strong run game and a dynamic defense. You can still do a lot in Philadelphia. Now, again, Jalen Hurts, fantastic story, fantastic growth and everything, but I just have him a hair behind Mahomes in this MVT race, and I think that this week will show us a lot of how quality their depth is all around and the talent and everything, Um, and, and we'll see without him what they're able to do against Dallas. See now, this is the truth teller. This is the truth teller. This is the truth teller game. This, I, see, this is what you're making me do because I want Jalen Hurts to be the MVP. Now you're making me root against Gardner Minshew to elevate Jalen Hurts, and I, you know, I don't like to live like that. I don't want to live in that space. Like I'm just gonna hate on somebody because I want somebody else to thrive. But it's voters like you, you have made me do this. You made me do this, Mike. I'm gonna blame you anyway. Uh, I, I got one more question for you. One more question for you. Okay. Uh, right. And 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 it surrounds the one and only Aaron Rodgers. And I, I put in the feed that Aaron Rodgers is ha- is, is going to have some regrets after this year. They're six and eight. Uh, they beat the Rams last night, Monday Night Football. And I think the regrets that he'll he'll have is not really being invested sooner in these wide receivers and working with them sooner and coming around to the OTAs and making sure mm-hmm. they weren't bored because you know what? These guys look pretty good. Now the young receivers that he called out earlier in the year, right. they look pretty good. And if he had yeah. been around, Hey, maybe, yes. they, maybe they got two more wins. Maybe they're eight and six instead of six and eight and firmly uh, in the NFC playoff mix. What do you think? No, I agree with you there. Cause I mean, it took their wide receivers basically half a season to figure out what Rodgers wanted from them. I did not hear about Aaron Rodgers holding any passing camps, you know, down in the islands or, or some sunny, warm place in the offseason to get on the same page with his young wide receivers. Um, you don't hear stuff about him uh, going out of his way to elevate their game and to work on that chemistry. Now they definitely are on the same page and, you know, it, it's great for them, but I agree with you. There will be regrets. I mean, I think that one of his regrets will be not standing on the table for Devontae Adams, but then the other one is, yeah, not really working to get these kids coached up um, at the rate because we're seeing it now. It just, could you have done something? For sure, 100% agree with you. You are so wrong on the MVP talk, but you are spot on yeah, with we'll this see. observation right here. And now, and, and I just thought of this. I just thought of this on the MVP thing. So this is what you made me do. So Mike, I thought you were a man of peace. I thought we were vibing. I thought we were cool. So now you've made me root against Gardner Minshew. And I also have to root against Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes is your leader by what'd you say by a smidge? What'd you, what, what yeah. word'd you use? Uh, maybe yeah. it was a smidge, a hair, a titch, something like that. I can't a remember hair what I said. Something. But yeah, so, so something now, neither one of us have. Got, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, now I got to hate on Mahomes and Minshew. Anybody else? Anybody else? You you probably hurts. You probably have hurts third. He's not even second on no, your list. No, I have a number two. I have a number two. Okay. I have right. a number two, you know, and then right. I'll have Josh Allen after that. But again, if they had Tyreek Hill still, I would say, oh, Patrick Mahomes still got a loader squad. Jalen Hurts, go. But 
losing what he did and the revolving door, the, all the injuries that they've dealt with at the skill position that, you know, and they're still, um, you know, and the way that their defense is so Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, uh, and they're out mm-hmm. there, you know, I know you can argue he lost to Josh Allen, lost to Joe Burrow, uh, but still, no, uh, Mahomes. But and Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow should be in the conversation too. He should be because he's Burrow. got an awful offensive line that he's working with, and he's had injuries that he's dealt with as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the five guys are Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, um, you know, Burrow, and then Tua by a distance. Okay, Mike Jones. Some people would say always they say uh, what's. Some people would say Geno Smith. Say what? Geno Smith. Oh, that, that you know? was like a month ago. That was a month yeah, ago. You know, yeah. But it's yeah, still, kinda, you know. He was doing all right. I, you know, now he's, uh, you know, Geno's coming good, back down to earth. Most improved comeback story. One of those. But He's made himself some money. He, he has. He has. Contract yeah. year. Hey, man. Uh, always great talking with you. So we'll, we'll check in with you uh, when the MVP when the MVP is announced, okay, at, at the Ooh. Super Bowl MVP night, we'll, and we'll put a pin if, in this uh, right here. Let's see, let's see if your downgrading of Jalen Hurts actually hurts him at on awards night. I hope he comes looking for you. We'll see what Gardner Minshew does. I know he'll be fine. They'll win the game, whether Minshew yeah. plays well or not. They're going to beat the Cowboys. That's my prediction. Christmas Eve, they'll beat him. Bye, touchdown. All right, good to see you, Mike. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, you were injured all year. What have you done for us to talk to you about all year? I talked to you Tuesday. Just don't just talk. Don't say you're not talking because I didn't talk to you all year. You were also injured most of the season too. Can I go to my family that I have outside? You can now. Just don't say we didn't talk to you all year. We just wanted to ask for your perspective on what happened there. You're involved in one of the biggest plays of the game. Okay. Thank you, dude. I appreciate your time. We do. We won't hold you. We, we would have talked to you in the season, but also okay, you were injured. Just tell us what occurred on the, on the punt. Miscommunication, that's all it was on my part. I take complete fault for that. Was it a know? fake? I don't know. It was complete fault. My fault. That's it. Did, Is this something the team hasn't done? practiced It's all week? me. All me. That's uh, something that I did wrong, and that's all. So you were It was aware. all on me. Yep, number 25 out there. That was me. Um, I was the one that did it. But were you aware it was, it was just a fake? Me. Yeah, I, I messed up. I understand that, but I'm just asking if you knew it was. I messed up. We just up. didn't know if it was a communication. Yeah, breakdown. I messed up. Thanks, you. Okay. Yep. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, we always love to have these, uh, have these moments, these media moments. You know, we're passionate about this stuff. I always feel like this. I always feel that the relationship between uh, reporters. And especially in sports, uh, reporters and athletes, it can be tense. Sometimes it's, it, it needs to be tense because we have two different jobs. Uh, as when, when you throw in a PR person, it's really two different jobs. Media members are trying to get information, trying to get as much information as they can. 
Sometimes when the PR filter is in there, they're filtering information, trying to hold back the real thing or trying to manage it and frame it in a certain way. I understand there's gonna be tension. You know what though? I'm gonna surprise y'all. I think some of y'all, I'm gonna surprise y'all. So I first, let's see, the first time I wrote an article and got paid for it. First time I wrote an article and got paid for it, I was 19. I'm not 19. So it's been a while. Um, I love journalism. I love journalists. I'm passionate about this business. I'm so glad. It's, it's the only job I've ever wanted to do. But in this case, I'm on Geo's side. I'm on Geo's side. And not that he should have blown off the reporters, but why, why couldn't they just have one spokesperson? Why we got the whole mob? out there. Hey, hey, wait a minute. You've been injured all year. Wait a minute. No, no, no. We tried to talk to you before. What you talking about? Hey, blah, blah, blah. Hey, hey, hey. All you have to say is, hey, you know, Gio, we need to talk to you. You were involved in the key playing the game. One person. All it takes is one. It don't take eight of y'all. One person who says, we need to talk to you. And do you have a couple of minutes? And then, and, and that's it. Then you do the interview. So, I didn't like the approach. And as I said, it's about relationships. You ain't got to be friends. I'm not saying that's your buddy, but have some type of professional respect back and forth and, and you can get the job done. That's one. Two, Gio Bernard, okay, wasn't feeling them. He wasn't feeling. Now, some guys aren't feeling you. And I'm surprised, frankly, that he stayed for the interview. Because that was that that look, uh, maybe I'm misinterpreting it. Can we, can we bring that look up again? <laughs> at the beginning of at the beginning of the interview? No, 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 not this one. Uh, no, this is the, the, the B-roll of Gio Bernard. No sound of him just looking just looking at the reporters. That look is like, oh, what's all this? Oh, whoa, 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 what's all this energy? What y'all doing? Here it is. He's like, what? <laughs> So some people ain't feeling you and they don't give you the interview. Geo stayed and he gave a bunch of cliches. He took, he did what we always ask for. Take responsibility, be accountable. He didn't give any insight, but he said it was his fault. In this case, I, I, I'm with the, uh, I'm with the athlete here. I think the reporters could have handled it better. I know cliches. We got a job to do and it's our job to get information to satisfy the fans. I got it. There's a better way of doing it. And that's the play where Gio Bernard said he he uh, he missed pump block. He was on pump block uh, responsibility. He blew it. And that was part of the reason the Buccaneers didn't beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Can I you the other reason? The other reason the Buccaneers didn't beat the Bengals? Because the Bucs ain't good. They're not good. That's why. They're not a good team. They're six and eight for a reason. And they're still not going to win their division. Anyway, let's go on to the next story. Another uh, another quick story. I want to run by you guys. And uh, and this was uh, this happened over the weekend. It just I was a little unsettled by this one. This is John Morant. So John Morant is involved uh, in an incident during a game. So he gets he already has one technical in the game. Then he gets his second technical. And he's thrown out of the game. He's having a conversation with a fan. 
Then he's thrown out of the game. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching this and I, I, I didn't have any information. I'm Googling just like everybody else. Like, why was John Moran thrown out of this game? And you know what the answer is? You know, the real answer? The real answer is the official said he questioned, Ja did, Ja questioned the official's integrity to a fan. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, bro, hold on, bro. I'm having a private conversation about you to a fan. What you doing up in my conversation? Stop dipping in my conversation. You're eavesdropping. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Look, there are certain jobs. There are certain jobs where you got to expect people are going to talk about you. Being a member of the sports media is one of them. You give a lot of opinions on sports. A lot of people agree with you. A lot of people disagree. They go talk about you. Can't take it all. You can't have rabbit ears. You got to move on. When you're an official and you're making decisions throughout a game, people are going to say something about it. When you're a boss, you're somebody's boss. You know what they do after work? I don't know if y'all know this. If you're a boss, a lot of them get together after work. They have drinks and they talk about you. It's all right. That's part of the gig. So John Morant is talking to a fan officials like, oh, what you say? Oh, you can't say that. You questioning my integrity. Lighten up. See, some of these officials shouldn't have the job. You ain't got the skin for it. You ain't got the mentality for it. You don't have the you don't have the metal for it. If every time somebody says something, you will get all up in your feelings. And I I didn't even mention the official. And I like this brother. No pun intended. Tony Brothers. I like him. But when he was calling players uh, some names, when he's calling them like a, I can't say it right now. I can't say what he called a player. Come on, you can't do that. You gotta expect. You should go into a game understanding that they go say something about you, and it might hurt your little feelings. You know, I, can I tell you guys a secret? I'm gonna tell you a secret before we get out of here. Uh, I told you as as a sports sports writer for okay, I'll tell you a year, 33 years. I've been a sports writer for 33 years. Sports writer, sports journalist, sports broadcaster, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> my secret, my secret to dealing with criticism is that I, I anticipate it. Now, some people think that's negative. I think that's intelligent. I anticipate the criticism. I think about all the things you might say about a brother. So when, when somebody actually says it, I've already thought it through. So I'm good. <laughs> it's okay. Move on. You got to know what's coming and, and don't get so caught up in your feelings. All right, last thing. This story blows my mind. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Remember Dave Chappelle? I think it was at the Hollywood Bowl. If, I, if I'm uh, mistaken, somebody fact check me. But I think it was the Hollywood Bowl in L.A. He was attacked on stage by a so-called fan. Well, that fan was finally sentenced. 270 days of jail time for attacking Dave Chappelle. And I just wish that would happen more. I wish that would happen more. That, we never hear about that in sports. People running on the field, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. 270 days of jail time. And there's another story. There's another story with this fan that we'll talk about tomorrow. Really interesting twist. Hey, thanks for hanging out. Brother from another. We'll see you tomorrow. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.